yo yo welcome welcome to another episode with ignite the spark within podcast i'm your host sebastian hernandez and i am here to empower world-class leaders like yourself to create a life on your own terms on these podcasts we will be exploring the mysteries of self-mastery shamanism mysticism conscious sexuality and overcoming depression and anxiety we'll be interviewing some of my very own tribe members from around the world and share some of our personal stories we'll be discovering and implementing tools and strategies for living a more fulfilled life so join me on this journey of self-discovery and let's ignite that spark within together. A little bit about your host. I am a U.S. Navy veteran, served in the USS Ronald Reagan, was shaman apprentice, an international self-mastery coach, author, and conscious sexuality facilitator. Now, my mission is to support and empower world-class leaders like yourself, reminding you of the impact that you're meant to make in this lifetime. So if you want to learn more, if you bout that life, stay tuned for today's episode. Season 1, Episode 30, From Ceremonies to Insights, Yopo, Peyote, and the Power of Patience. All right, welcome, welcome to today's episode. So, wow, these last couple of weeks have been literally almost like back-to-back ceremonies, and I have to say all my ceremonies have been extremely magical, and so much has been processed, right? Like in really being able to recognize and just see what is coming, right? Like see, like being able to like recognize where I am on my path and just seeing the alignment and getting visions of how things continue to unfold. And there's just a lot of confirmation in that. Now, more than ever, remember that our healing comes from within. Yes. And I think now we're in these crucial times where there's a lot of people going through a lot of stuff. And granted, it's been a buildup. Yes. It's been a buildup of a lot more people, more and more, uh, waking up, waking up to a lot of things that they weren't necessarily ready to wake up to, to realize, to come to grips with. And well, the people that have been doing the work, it's, 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 it's evident that it's all, I feel part of this orchestrated universal alignment alignment where it's all part of the process, right? Where people have had to go through their own initiation, through their own awakening, through their own uh, transformation and metamorphosis to really step into and embodying their greatest self. And that's a lot of the confirmations that I've been getting from these plant medicines, right? That if we seek to heal, yes, we must first heal from within so that we can effectively change our outside habits, our outside actions our reality, and even our perspective and paradigm of what it means to live in this world, right? Our outside world, I would say, is in correlation with our inside world. And if we can possess peace of mind within, if we can stay centered and grounded within, then we have a higher chance of really influencing energetically in the midst of chaos. And that is essentially what I believe all of these ceremonies have been really pointing to and reminding me 
and helping me develop even deeper, right? Now, I'm not sure if I talked about much about my experience with Yopo uh, in the last episodes. I actually don't think I talked much about the Yopo ceremony um, that I did a couple of weeks ago when I was in, uh, in Peru with this incredible medicine nomadic woman um, up in the sacred, sacred, <laughs> up in the sacred valley, right? So in the sacred valley of Peru, uh, close to Pisac in the Cusco area. Uh, what an incredible, incredible experience. So let me share a little bit about that because I think there's there's some good stuff that came from that. Now, uh, it was a Friday night and everything about that night was magical. Like there's just so many synchronicities and, and well, let me explain. So we had agreed to meet at 7.30 p.m. at night to make sure that we get on the last bus, which leaves the city, the, the plaza at eight at night. So of course, me being military and having my military training, right? I arrived early, right? It's one of those things where... In the military, if you're on time, you're late, right? And so it was about mm, 7.20 when I got there, right? And uh, I waited <laughs> and I waited and it got to about 7.50 and still no sign of the maestra. Now, I can immediately start to sense my body wanting to tense up from the frustration of waiting. Like those that are close to me really know that I do not like waiting. Like I don't like, hence the reason why usually I travel by myself and I do things alone because I'm not once to, to try to wait. Um, unless obviously there's a context and well, then I'm leading a retreat or something. And then obviously then that's different. But for the most part, I don't like waiting around. Like if we say we're going to do something, then I expect to do it at that time. Right. Um, and I don't like the idea, like I've done enough of that in my military times where it was you're early and you show up early and you get ready to wait and you wait and you wait and you wait. And it's like, why are we making a wait anyway? So as you can see, this was obviously a trigger for me. And I could see it start coming up. And now obviously at 7.50, the bus is supposed to leave at 8. There's no sign of her. There's no message of her. And I'm just starting to get irritated. Yes, like I can feel myself wanting to get frustration. Now, those, well... Yeah, it was, I was frustrated. <laughs> so I recognized that I wanted to get up and I wanted to just leave and I wanted to get on my high horse and just be pissed off. Now, I am also very aware that that's how the universe likes to test me. Yes, the universe likes to see where there's resistance and well, I was failing. So I recognized that I wanted to get upset and I wanted to judge her and I let go. Now, releasing the control of what is supposed to happen and allow what will happen to just happen. And lo and behold, it was about 7.52 when I see her poke her head down the alley. And there she was, this magicked out, witchy, incredible aura woman, right? She had like her witchy out, witchy outfit with her big boots and a bouquet of flowers for for the altar. Now, we agreed it and we agreed it. We greeted. <laughs> 
And, uh, and immediately I let her know, uh, that I needed to pee. Right. And so obviously she got a bit upset. She's like, wait, why didn't you go pee while we were, what I was waiting while you were waiting? I'm like, well, I didn't want you to show up and me not be there. Right. So I had my stuff. So anyways, so we go look for this, for the restroom. We get there. I go and I pee. And then right when I'm like, all right, let's go. She's like, no, now I have to pee. I'm like, oh God, it's like 758. We're going to be late. So she goes. And again, I can feel my body tense up and then I recognize, all right, just let go. And by the time she got out and by the time we got to the main street, it was about 8.03 and exactly the bus was literally arriving right as we got to the point. Perfect synchronicity. And guess what? There was only two spots left, right? So like, talk about like synchronicity, like it was meant to happen. So she sits in the front and I sit in the back next to this elderly man that seems to be intoxicated, hence why probably the spot was open, right? Awesome. So I sat next to him and I heard him mumbling. And it was like sounds or Quechua and like a Spanish. It was like a mixture of all three, right? With his drunken slurred speech. Now, it didn't take long before I was actually able to recognize his power. You see, his energy was different. I noticed this was no ordinary old man. Like this guy was connected. Like I got like shaman vibes from this, from this old man. Right. So I started to pay more attention, like close attention to what he was actually saying. And I started to recognize that he was channeling and, or maybe he wasn't channeling, but I was starting to understand certain messages that stood out as if he was speaking to me. Yes. And he shared many things that in the moment made sense. Like in the moment while I was there, like I was in a trance with him and we were like mumbling back to each other. And it was really interesting (laughs) right now. Hindsight, the most impactful thing he said that really stood out was patience. Shortly after he got off the bus and I was left in wonder, like, wait, what the heck just happened? Then again, it's also not the first time that I'm caught in the midst of a interesting conversation with someone that's either a homeless person or highly intoxicated or just out of the norm, right? So it's, 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 it felt pretty normal to me. But even still to this day, I always like to bring awareness to like what others may think as they see me do my woo-woo stuff. And I can only imagine one of two things. It's either they're either going to be in awe or they're going to be concerned, <laughs> right? So anyways, so finally we arrived to our destination and Maestra, she had actually rented out a space from some friends of hers that were in the Tantra community. So she figured that because I'm in the Tantra community, that it'd be a good idea for us to meet. And man, was she right on. Wow, it was a powerful. So we got situated in the room. It was an open room filled with cushions and blankets. And we opened up the circle and we just started to talk. We shared about our experiences with Tantra, with our work. We talked about the medicine and the different variations of medicine and rituals. We talked about what to expect from the journey. And we continued to share and hold space as we entered into our sacred space and connecting or at least bringing awareness to what our intentions are, right? And she had me pull an oracle card to identify like what was there for me around the ceremony. And lo and behold, I pulled the adventure card. 
She smiled and nodded with affirmation. And I was ready. I was ready for the ceremony. Like I was, I was ready. Now, this was my first official Yopo ceremony. I mean official as in like somebody is leading, um, somebody that's been working with the medicine long, that has a background, that's been working with elders. Like I've haven't had that yet. And this was my first time. Now, mind you, I've worked with Yopo, uh, but on my own, on my own means, right? So anyways, if you don't know what Yopo is, Yopo is kind of like, uh, it's, 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 it's in a powder form, kind of like rape, and it's used, um, and it's used at the same form. Matter of fact, I had learned about Yopo through a rape that I had bought that I learned that it had Yopo in it. I'm like, what is Yopo? Come to find out it's a type of DMT. So to be more accurate, uh, it's, it's the seeds of the Yopo tree and it's used with, or that's what's traditionally used to prepare this psychoactive snuff. And it's inhaled through the nose. Like I said, just like rape. Now the snuff is actually pretty rich in DMT. It's got five ME, uh, five MEO DMT and it's got bufotenin, which is not the same as Bufo the Toad. And while I've actually haven't done Bufo, right? Um, and I haven't been blessed with its magic, I am aware that Yopo's effects are generally longer lasting, while Bufo's effects are more short-lived, but more intense. And to be honest, more than intense, like fuck. That Yopo ceremony was crazy to me. It's like, I don't, I can't, I can't say I, I know what Bufo is, but this Yopo experience was pretty, pretty high up there. Now, mind you, that the first time I ever did DMT, that was mind fucking blowing. And it was also my first experience with ego death. Now, if you don't know what ego death is, it's usually a term that's used in the context of psychedelic experiences or spirituality, uh, shamanism, and even some types of meditation or introspection, right? So it's ego death actually refers to like there's a temporary loss or a dissolution of one's sense of self or our own identity. Yes. And well, during that ego death, there's usually this overwhelming feeling as if the self, at least what we believe is the self, disintegrates and merges with a larger consciousness with let's say the universe or uh, a divine entity and this right here can actually be a very profound and transformative experience and it could also be this very disorienting very frightening and even traumatic for some people right so mind you that my first experience with dmt was when i was uh i believe i was 28 years so i was 28 years old so this is about seven years later right i'm 35 now um and this is now seven years later that i visit dmt and now obviously i visited the dmt what i call the dmt world many times and through many different medicines but let me tell you <laughs> this Yopo experience was something else. And again, I'll remind you, I have not done the Bufo, the Toad, so I can't compare yet. But shortly after I snorted this medicine, and if, like, yeah, like I said, like if I was inhaling rape, right? So she didn't administer it, she prepared it, and then she gave me the, the kupi to be able to actually uh, inhale it. Anyways. Mm, five minutes i'd say five minutes and i was out now what i mean by that is my when i closed my eyes i was fully submerged in dmt world and the thing is i was there for about 45 minutes now obviously they say that when you're in the spirit world not what they say it's real when you're in the spirit world it feels like it's a lot longer so 
it was actually 45 minutes because uh, the maestra actually d- uh, put down the timer, right? It's just like at 45 minutes, that's when you purge the first time. And that to me felt way longer than 40. Like it was like, holy shit, this is just nonstop. And once that first purge, like that's when things start to become comprehensible. Now, granted that my experience with Yopo has been limited and I've always self-induced without any proper guidance, as I mentioned, or even expectations of what to expect. Like the first time I experienced Yopo, I had no idea. Like I said, I learned about it through a website on how, on the ingredients of a rape. And then once I'm like, wait, what is this? Then that's when I went down to Peru and I found an elderly woman, a maestra, that was able to get me some, but she didn't necessarily administer or teach me the proper ceremony, anything. But this was something that I wanted to experience. So anyways, uh, well, actually, no, on that same note, I, I can honestly say that my first profound experience with Yopo um, was during a Yahe ceremony, Yahe being the Colombian version of ayahuasca. Um, and after my second cup, uh, and about two hours after my second cup, actually, um, I asked Maestro at the time, I asked Taita, uh, if he likes some Yopo, and he was like, no, I'm going to pass. Uh, but you can go ahead and I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to do it. And it completely elevated my experience to a very profound spiritual healing experience. But again, this was different. This was different because this was not mixed with ayahuasca. This was only yopo and and it was it was just different. Now, once that first purge cleared, then was I able to actually interact with the medicine and build a dialogue. And guess what the biggest lesson was? Patience. 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 You see, patience with humanity. And yes, I said it. Sometimes when I look around and I see how unconscious we are, and I say we, right? Because I include myself in that. I'm a sinner. I'm not perfect, right? I'm not going to try to pretend like I'm all holy and everything. No, I, I take full responsibility and ownership that I'm in that mix too, right? That sometimes we as a species, as a human species, we are so fucking unconscious on the way that we treat our planet, right? Like how we as a species continue to contaminate our planet like it's not sustainable how we continue to disrespect one another that's not sustainable how we continue to fight with one another that's not sustainable how we live in a world where kids are being sold and done all types of horrific things that's fucking evil like it's easy for me to go down this spiral and oftentimes the medicine does a great job of showing me the horrors of our species, the horrors of how fucking ridiculously dark as humans we can be. And really the pain in the world, the sickness, the darkness, the evilness. And yet with that same capacity, the medicines were able to remind me to be patient. You see, we are currently at a war right now. And it's, you know, you hear all this conspiracy and all this stuff. We're at war. We're at war. Like, you know what the war is? We're at war with ignorance. That's what we're at war at. We're at war with ignorance. And our weapon is education. And that education, more importantly, through role models, setting the example, leading by example. Now, more than ever, we need those called upon to actually step up. To step up, to lead by example, to help bring light where darkness has given up on hope. You see, that's what that elder magic man in the bus was talking about. His tone of voice was what did it for me. 
as if he was well aware of the situation and the chaos in the world. And yet there's this level of faith and hope in patience. Now, fast forward to just this last Saturday, a brother that walks the path of medicine told me about a powerful Mexican shaman that was coming to Medellin to lead a peyote ceremony. I was in. I've never done peyote before. So I had heard that the effects were similar to Huachuma ceremony, uh, San Pedro, yet it was different. So I was definitely up for experiencing a new medicine and learning from a new maestro. And once again, uh, me and this brother, we agreed that we would meet at the bus station at 6.30 p.m. So again, my military programming comes in and I get there at 6.20 it's now 7.20 and no signs of him. He had told me he'd be there in 10 minutes at 6.40. Yes, it's 7.20. So again, I can you can imagine how I start irritated I start to get, right? I was under the impression that we needed to be there by 8. So And it takes about 45 minutes to an hour to get there. So again, I'm like, oh my God, I can feel my frustration build up. And you know what? I was committed that if by 7.30 he wasn't there, I was out. I wasn't going to deal with it. I was going to put up with this. I didn't want to wait anymore. So I was going to go back home. I was over it. And guess what? It's 7.30 on the dot. Nothing of no sign of him. So I pull out my phone to request the ride back home. And by the time I get the driver and I confirm the ride, my buddy's car pulls up as he comes out the car with a big ass smile. <laughs> I canceled the ride, obviously, and then another 15 minutes uh, for the next bus, and I was over it. I really was, but it ended up, again, patience, right? Now, that's how the universe tests my limits, right? This is how, this is why, again, it's like the universe keeps putting things at me to see how I'm going to react, see how I'm going to act differently, see how I'm going to be triggered, if I'm going to resist, right? And so I really do believe I've obtained a direct communication with the universe it's just up to me to recognize the symbolisms and the messages behind the synchronicities. And we all can. Like the universe is always speaking to us. Oftentimes, we're just completely oblivious that it's speaking to us, right? We're completely oblivious to the synchronicities. We're completely oblivious to the signs, to the signals, to the symbols. Like we just aren't aware, right? So anyways, we finally arrived to the location and there's this beautiful, beautiful maloca with a fire pit right in the middle. And as I saw the maestro, he reminded me a lot of Maestro Eladio, my maestro in Peru, only like the Mexican version. <laughs> now, it was really interesting to see the similarities and yet to see how many, how different they are, right? The ceremonies, everything. Like, I will say this ceremony started in a very unique way that not, not at all what I anticipated. Not to say there was anything wrong, but rather on the contrary, I was amazed at how he ran the ceremony. Mind you, it's been a while since I've done a ceremony with a big group of people. Like usually I like to stay with less than 10 people, right? Like I feel like it's a more intimate, more vulnerable, sacred space. And there was at least 30 of us in that room and all ages from as young as one year old to some older folks in probably what the late 60s early 70s now it really felt like a community gathering and just sharing medicine around the fire which i thought was really cool right now because we arrived late we didn't get a chance to pick our seats, so we had to like sit closer to the fire, so we didn't have the backing to lean on, which I was a bit concerned about since I had messed up my back while I was in Lima, right? I guess um, when I went to go pick up my bag, it was a bit heavy and I didn't 
necessarily do it right when I went to go pick it. And I pulled something in my lower back and fuck, that was painful. I hadn't felt pain like that in a while. Anyways, while it was a lot better from all the stretching I've been doing, I figured not having something to lean on would really take a toll on my back. And being that I was reminded that the ceremony, yeah, we start at 8 or 10, but we go all the way till 10 o'clock in the morning. I was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, no, there's no sleeping. I was like, what? There's no sleeping. So we're going to stay up all the way till 10? Yep. All the way. I was like, fuck, this is going to kill my back. Well, anyways, so, uh, da, 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 well, about, mm, let's say three hours. Yeah. I'd say about three hours into the ceremony and probably my fifth cup of peyote medicine, which I found really interesting. It's how much medicine we drink throughout the night. We're actually just drinking medicine the entire night, just drinking and drinking and drinking. I probably drank, I don't know, 15 cups of peyote medicine. Um, anyways, I couldn't take it anymore. Like this, my third hour, like my back was started to like really take a toll on me. So now mind you, we were told, we were advised, told, ordered, um, not to smoke any cannabis. And, um, this is where I said, fuck it. I'm going to do my own thing. So I went outside to stretch and, and like really see if I can help my back. And I figured, all right, I'm going to smoke this blunt. So I started to smoke my blunt, right? And as I smoked this blunt, um, something happened. Yeah. Uh, now keep in mind, I did this against the wishes of the ceremony, right? So again, I wasn't supposed to smoke, but my back fucking hurt. And I've always used cannabis for all of my ceremonies. So to be told I can't do something, I'm just like, wait, what? No. Now granted, this was my first time doing peyote, but still. Anyway, so when it comes to this, when it comes to the ceremony, Santa Maria has always been, and Santa Maria is what I call cannabis, right? Saint, Saint Mary Jane, um, is, has always been an ally of mine that's been working for me or working with me for so many years. And so I wasn't going to stop now. Now, once I gave it my reverence and I smoked, boom, something activated and I immediately felt the urge to purge like immediately like all the peyote like just came up and bleh. now once I purged I felt the medicine like I actually felt the peyote medicine like activate and I felt my kundalini energy activate and my back pain started to dissolve and I went back inside to the maloka and that's when I can say the ceremony actually started at least for me right and while there are many lessons and insights that came to me there was also a lot of emotional release that i didn't even know was there for me to release like it was beautiful and magical there was many confirmations and being able to recognize my own growth with the plant medicines and the relationship i've built with them along the years including the relationship with the spirit world and all of its many entities and guess what one of the many messages that stood out again was patience, patience, patience. But this time, it was in the form of connecting to the grandfather spirit, which was really cool to have the presence of the of the maestro, of the Mexican shaman, because he really had the very strong uh, masculine grandfather spirit, right? And now, if you don't know this, the grandfather spirit in many cultures and spiritual traditions, the concept of the grandfather spirit serves as a beacon of wisdom and guidance, right? So this honored figure embodies what we would say the virtues we often associate with age 
age and with experience. And well, one of the most significant, well, being patience. Now, patience is not just the act of waiting. It's actually the art of enduring, of maintaining emotional balance while navigating life's complexities. Yeah. So the grandfather spirit is known to teach us that patience is a form of wisdom. It's a lens through which we can view life with a broader perspective and it encourages us. It encourages us to embrace a long-term outlook to understand that the natural world has its own rhythms and timings and to align ourselves with them just as the grandfather spirits represents resilience born from a lifetime of overcoming challenges challenges yeah patience equips us with the resilience to face our own trials so when we invoke the grandfather spirit we're not just seeking wisdom but also the virtue of patience, which is what enables us to actually grow, to endure, and to live harmoniously with the world around us. Now, another big part of these last ceremonies that I believe has really accelerated my experience was the integration of or incorporating what I learned around the Tantra or the keys of Tantra, which include the movement, the sound, the breath, and observation, which once I learned to combine that with the psychedelic world, with the plant medicines, man, it took things to a whole different experience. You see, consider that in the realm of plant medicine, the journey is often more than just ingesting a substance. Yes, it's an actual multi-dimensional experience that engages our entire being. So therefore movement, for instance, it serves as a physical release, allowing us to shed stored tension and open ourselves to the medicine's healing properties. It also stimulates the flow of energy. So it helps us align with the spiritual and with the emotional insights that the plant medicine offers, right? Breathing, for example. So using breathing techniques further enhances the alignment. So therefore, whether it's controlled or mindful breathing, not only does it sharpen our awareness, but it also helps regulate our emotional state, right? So it helps us provide a stable foundation as we continue to navigate the transformative landscapes of our consciousness. And sound. Sound too plays a crucial role, whether it's the rhythmic beat of a drum, the soothing tones of a singing bowl, or the Melodic, 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 the melody (laughs) flow of a chant. Yes, sound creates this vibrational frequencies that resonate with our inner selves. And it's what helps us guide us through the emotional and the psychological facets of our journey. And let's not forget the power of observation. Yes, being fully present and observant is what helps us foster this state of mindfulness that really helps us deepen the experience. Yes, it's what allows us to recognize and integrate the valuable insights that arise. So as I continue to embark on the sacred journey with plant medicine, it's, and while you continue to embark on this plant medicine, right? I invite you that consider that it's important to remember that It's the synergy of movement, breathing, sound, and observation that really turns it from just a mere event into a transformative, holistic experience. Yes. Now, then of course, there is the integration of all of this, right? Like, how do I integrate all of these teachings? Well, consider that integrating is the part or it's the the profound teaching from a plant medicine journey 
is an ongoing process, right? It's an ongoing conscious effort and it extends way beyond the experience itself. So many times you'll experience insights, breakthroughs, aha moments, weeks, months after ingesting in the ceremony or doing the plant medicine, right? So this is why it's an ongoing thing. Therefore, having a journal can really help. And it's good to be able to write, um, to be able to write, right? Just period, to be able to write. And that's a good place to start. Having a reflective journal, maybe to help you articulate any insights gained from the experience as a whole. Something I do often and I recommend, <laughs> and I recommend against it, right, is don't underestimate the power of community. This is something I often do, right? I always want to do things by myself and it's like, ah, oh, I can do it by myself, right? But there's something powerful in sharing your experience with trusted friends or with spiritual groups that can offer a new perspective that can help you deepen your own understandings, right? Learning to set actionable goals based on your new found insights is critical, right? It's how you start to really integrate and make your visions into reality, but it's going to take action. And so therefore, being able to set objectives and goals that are in alignment with your visions starts to really merge the two and make it a point to review and adjust these intentions regularly. Remember, the journey is an ongoing process. Now, consider that by weaving these different elements into the fabric of your daily life, this is how you learn to really transform and have those profound experiences into actionable wisdom. Yes, making them a living, a living, breathing mm, experience guide in your life's journey. Now, what good is it to recognize all the negative actions and all the darkness and all the stuff, right? And then leave the ceremony and continue to keep doing the same exact negative actions. Like that's not the point of doing medicine, right? And so therefore sometimes, or no, Something I experienced this last ceremony with the peyote, 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 um, was that once the ceremony was over and the music stopped playing, it was recommended that we all do our part to help clean. And that is exactly what happened. Like in no time, the place was cleaner than what we had found it. It was great and inspiring to see us all come together after such a profound experience and then come together as a community and help clean and organize the space. Like that was pretty cool. And it was so inspiring that on Monday's Clean Planet Leadership Call, um, I brought up this idea. So obviously you guys know that we have Clean Planet, right? Which is our nonprofit. And we have our Monday leadership call. So if you ever um, pulled to want to be a community leader in your community, wherever you are in the world, and you want to be part of that, and you want to see how you can start making a difference in your own community, I invite you to join us on our Monday leadership calls. Anyways, so on our Monday leadership call, uh, I brought up this idea, right? And so I'm talking to Andy and Veronica. And if you don't know them, um, these are two incredible community leaders, and they've generated quite a, 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 a history of doing cleanups in different parts of the world, providing education and games for the kids. They actually helped create uh, a section in the Clean Planet Day, which is called uh, Clean Planet Play Date, which is where they gather all the kids in the community and they create games and they create all these types of exercises so that they start to be educated on the importance of taking care of our planet, right? So, Kudos to you guys. A uh, big shout out to Andy and Veronica. Currently, they're in Golden, Colorado, which brings us to the topic of the idea. 
while they're in Golden, Colorado. Um, Andy mentioned how on Clean Planet Day, which is going to be uh, the, the 30th of September, which is the last Saturday, right, of every month, uh, Coors will be, will be celebrating their 150th year anniversary, right? And so uh, when I first, when he first told me this, he kind of like, oh man, how are we going to do Clean Planet Day if there's going to be like this event? And I responded, that's great, right? And so this is where the idea came in, right? What if after the event is over, all of the Colorado natives and guests from around the world that came to celebrate this big anniversary work together to help pick up after themselves and leave the stadium better than how they found it. Right now, I, I was inspired by this actually also or reminded of this by the Japanese, right? I don't know if you know this, but the Japanese fans and players have, they've actually garnered this international admiration for their remarkable practice of actually cleaning up stadiums after the games, right? Whether they win or they lose, right? They clean up. Now, this cultural habit is deeply ingrained in the Japanese society, extending from homes to schools and even workplaces, right? According to, I'm, I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, I believe it's uh, Hajime Mori. Yasu. I think that's how you say. Well, he's the, he's the Japan's national soccer coach and, and he's, he, he talked about how leaving a place cleaner than you found it is a fundamental aspect of the Japanese education and culture, right? So the Japanese actual football association even goes the extra mile by actually supplying the trash bags with a thank you message in multiple languages to help facilitate these cleanups, right? Now, this practice is so deeply rooted that many Japanese elementary schools don't even employ janitors. Like, the responsibility of cleanliness falls upon the students themselves, having them be learning that trait at a young age, right? And so this tradition, which has been making a headline since Japan's first World Cup appearance in 1998, it actually serves as a testament to the nation's commitment to cleanliness and respect for shared spaces. And wow, what an example of these Japanese fans and players in cleaning up stadiums and serving as a powerful lesson for all of us in our daily lives, right? And so this practice, deeply rooted in respect for shared spaces and, well, the community well-being, it reminds us that taking responsibility for our environment it's a collective duty, yes? And so just as the Japanese Football Association provides trash bags with thank you messages to encourage this, this as a habit, we too can take small proactive steps to start making our surroundings better, whether it's picking up litter during a walk, whether it's recycling dilute. Uh, dil diligently <laughs> or simply being mindful of our waste, right? These actions with time, they start to add up, right? And so the Japanese philosophy of leaving a place cleaner than you found it isn't just as a, as a cultural quirk. It's an actual universal principle that fosters community, that fosters respect and a better world for everyone. Like, really, like, think about this. What if we actually took this lesson to heart and make it a part of our own daily practice, like contributing to a cleaner, more respectful and harmonious society? And well, during our call, by bringing this up, Veronica got lit up with the magic that would be in starting a movement where cleaning up after ourselves after an event becomes the new norm. 
which later Andy got ignited and started to see the vision and share his excitement. Now, how can we inspire a global movement with something so simple as let's clean up after ourselves, right? Like just clean up after ourselves and that alone is huge, right? I think it was Mother Teresa that once said, if each of us would only sweep our own doorstep, the whole world would be clean which I believe she is speaking through a metaphor for taking responsibility for one's own actions and environment as a way to make broader collective change. Now, on my behalf, I'm going to be in Pereira, Colombia, uh, collaborating with Emily, which is also the founder of Oikos Green, and we'll be doing a live cleanup event during the com- or in the community involving them and providing education and making it fun along the way. So, What do you have going on this Saturday, September 30th, right? So join our monthly initiative where we come together as a community to clean up our local environments, whether it's a park, whether it's a beach, or just the street in your neighborhood, right? The goal is to go out, pick up one trash or one bag of trash and recycle as much as you can, right? All you need to part, all you need to do to participate is mark the date, which is September 30th. Choose a location, gather some gloves and trash bags, and then take action. Now, after you've done your part, we'd love for you to share your experience on social media. So use the hashtag CleanPlanetDay so that we can all be under the same hashtag. Now, just like the Japanese is teaching the world through their example, how about we come together and make a real impact and create a cleaner, healthier planet for everyone? Now, before we wrap up today's episode, I have some exciting announcements to share with you, right? And first up, please, I don't know if you, uh, no, not please. I'm not going to say please. Just don't forget. Don't forget that we are having our Encuentro Magico retreat, and that's going to be happening out in October. So we're going to be gathering in this beautiful beach home off the coast of Santa Marta, uh, and that's Colombia. And the theme for this transformative experiences experience is actually going to be activating our Kundalini energy and integrating it with our highest self. Now, trust me on this. You don't want to miss this, right? So I'm absolutely thrilled because we're going to be introducing uh, uh, Priyananda, right? And so I'm going to be, he's going to be flying out from Mexico, uh, to join us. And just a little bit about him. He's actually a renowned expert in the Kundalini Shaktipat activation, right? So during our three night retreat, He's going to be helping us and guiding us through a transformative journey that focuses on awakening our third eye, which focuses on activating our pineal gland, which is going to help us really unlock our extrasensory gifts. Now, this is an incredible opportunity for those that have been in the world of Tantra, have been wanting to experience more Tantra, have been wanting to experience more energetics around their sexual energy, to really hone in that sexual energy, to hone it, to harness it, to magnify it, and to amplify it through our body uh, to be able to magnify our magnetic field. So this is definitely something if if you're in that world, you want to get more involved, please don't miss this opportunity. All right. Next up is obviously, um, if you're curious about where you stand on your journey to self-mastery, this is why I created the self-mastery quiz to help you identify that, right? This is a tool to help you gauge your progress and see what areas you might want to focus on to get to the next level, right? And now also, uh, we have our event in January. So mark your calendars for January 9th through the 18th. It's going to be a 10-day retreat down in the jungles of Peru. And 
This is going to be another life-altering retreat. So get all the juicy details by joining the email list um, and you'll get everything sent to you. So uh, to learn more about any of the stuff that I just talked about, uh, just go into the description and I'm going to put the link on there so you can get to the Ignite Hub with all the links you can possibly need. All right. Now, as for some questions for you to reflect on based on today's episode, um, go ahead and get a journal. Go ahead and get a journal, get your pen, and I invite you to use these three questions as prompts for yourself, right? So the first question is, have you ever experienced a profound spiritual journey or ceremony? Right? Have you ever experienced that? Maybe you're new to the world. Maybe you're new to the world of plant medicine, or maybe you're new to the world of treating plant medicine or substances as a sacred, uh, as a sacred tool, um, or given it a sacred space in a ceremony, right? And so maybe you're just now getting into that, or maybe you've been doing this for years, right? What's been one of the most profound spiritual journeys you've had, right? And what were some of the lessons or the insights that you gained from it, right? No. Or number two, um, how do you integrate the teachings and the insights that you receive from Plat Menace? Like, how do you integrate? What is your means of integrating all the lessons, all the downloads? How do you integrate that and merge that into your day-to-day life? Okay. And then number three, it's how do you contribute to creating a cleaner and more respectful environment in your daily life, right? Whether that's contributing to your community, whether that's contributing to the house, whether that's contributing in any way, shape, or form, how do you make your environment cleaner and more respectful, right? And are there any habits or practices you can adopt to leave a place better than what you found it, right? So when you get a chance, take some time to reflect on these questions and see how the insights from this episode resonate with you and your own experience and your own personal growth. Gross, not gross, growth. <laughs> Lastly, um, I just want to extend a heartfelt thank you to all of you for tuning in. If you found this value or if you found value in this podcast, um, please take a moment to leave a review and just share it with those that you're in your life that you feel would really appreciate this content, that would resonate with this content, um, that may be a little bit curious about plant medicine, that may be dealing with some questions around conscious sexuality, who may be dealing with some levels of anxiety or depression. Like this is what this podcast is about. And if you have any suggestions on any topics that you would love for me to be able to dive deep on, uh, please go ahead and share that with me. So again, your supporting your attention is valuable to me. You could be listening to any type of podcast right Right now, but here you are listening to this one and all the way to the end. So I, I, I highly appreciate that. Highly, highly appreciate that and cherish that. So have a blessed rest of the day. See you next Wednesday. Boom.